0: and welcome to the k word a professional wrestling podcast all about clash of champions and no mercy and backlash <laughs>
1: uh,
0: i'm h joining me as always we have Ken. hello and we have james hello hello wwe literally have no mercy at the minute and they are doing pay per views Faster than we can even think about planning podcasts. No Mercy's on the way. Uh, Clash of champions has been, backlash has been, and with it huge, huge swathes of title changes, new title, new champions being crowned. I think the biggest thing we've got to say is AJ Styles is SmackDown champion. Who saw that coming?
2: I mean, I thought it was possible. I I was. I remember when we were watching that match at the start. I said to you, Kevin, didn't I, that that. I didn't know who was going to win and I liked that fact. Yeah. I thought it was a bit weird that he won essentially by kicking Dean Ambrose in the balls, but, you know, it still was cool.
0: It's a bit of unpredictability that, you know, has kind of... He debuted at the Royal Rumble, six months later he's champion. That kind of thing doesn't really seem to happen that much anymore and... I think it's a testament to just how well he's done since debuting in the company that he's he has been the most consistent worker and fully deserves to be champion, even if it is on the secondary brand.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can't really fault anything he's done, can you? I mean, probably you can, but yeah, I don't think you should.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely well-deserved. I think he's been a uh, very solid, interesting performer and obviously he's being a fun heel at the moment, so yeah
0: Also coming out with Backlash, we'll, we will definitely talk more about AJ later Becky Lynch is the women's champion on Smackdown which, yeah, very, very sensible booking in in my opinion, she's, she's the best woman performer on Smackdown she absolutely deserves to be champion I can go for that and I can also get well, well behind Heath Slater and Rhino as our, as the tag champs on there. Like Heath Slater has been one of the most entertaining wrestlers on the roster. Full stop. Since the brand split,
1: definitely. Yeah, he's uh, yeah sort of managed to sort of organically uh, gather up some fans with his whole uh, kids section.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's kind of amazing yeah. that this came about from them not bothering to draft him. Like I think at the time I was kinda of like, oh that's so stupid. But it's worked out really, really well. So kudos.
0: Yeah, top top work. It's hard to say where the credit lies. Is it with Heath for taking a great idea and running with it like literally as far as he can, or is it a really stroke of genius from WWE Creative that we probably rarely give credit to, but maybe they've turned like a one-off joke into something genuinely interesting this time and we should be giving them thumbs up
2: the thing with smackdown is every single time you look at their you know their roster and the matches on on the shows and so on you think that's really lame but they're just doing a great job with what they've got but like, it's it's not like it's the most entertaining tv show on you know even their own network or anything <laughs> but it's you know it's
0: just good it's very good the other big news that we would well got to cover is the you know the the quiet rumblings of Lesnar Goldberg for Survivor series people were very grumpy about that at the last time that match happened because of you know both parties leaving before it like the day after are we excited for Lesnar Goldberg or are we Worried that Goldberg is gonna get his head cut open. Oh what, God! What are we think? What are we thinking about this Survivor Series match, potential match?
2: I don't know. Like, it's it seems weird to me that they bring Goldberg in with no like build, other than he's in our video game and put him straight in the Lesnar match. It seems like you want him to sort of chomp through a few people to you know remind the newer fans who he is.
1: Yeah.
0: It's it's very like oh like oh yeah this is an old school guy he's obviously better than all the new people and can face Lesnar who you know we last saw literally kill a man on yeah
1: it,
0: it's very weird um, I like the
1: thought of a young fans seeing Goldberg think wow Ryback's come back looks <laughs> <laughs> a bit different yeah.
0: Yeah, Ryback's got a, a goatee now. That's cool. Can we can we win um, Goldberg if he does
2: come back? Uh, can we try and encourage the world to chant Ryback?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure we can. Uh, we will. We'll use our vast swathes of uh, podcasting influence to get people chanting Ryback for Goldberg. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a weird thing, but it's. It's a big marquee uh, match that I kind of feel really complements the brand split. The brand split's let the kind of regular guys get on pay-per-views and then we have these big kind of tentpole matches at the, at the classic everyone involved pay-per-views. So I think that's a, a nice idea if it's not been executed in the best possible way. I, if anything,
2: actually, I feel like I prefer it the other way around. Like, just because having um, Lesnar and Goldberg take up spots on the Survivor Series card limits the amount that we can see the people who are around all the time. And it also means that we're stuck with these people who we're saying aren't good enough for Survivor Series to try and help beef up the smaller cards. And I mean, if... You know, if No Mercy had Lesnar versus Goldberg on it, I'd probably give more of a crap about it than I do. So I, th- I can see it both ways. Like, I think there are pros to putting it on Survivor Series and there are negatives.
0: So I'm just going to hedge yeah. my bets and not give a firm opinion. <laughs> I can see that. And then I think the final bit of just, you know, big wrestling news is whatever is happening with TNA. As far as I'm concerned, TNA have been doing the best like wrestling they've done especially with the broken Matt Hardy business for, it, for years in the past six months but they're in a lot of trouble and it seems like this is, this is my understanding of it that WWE has bought TNA's back catalogue but Billy Corgan still owns TNA and owns what TNA puts out going forward which is a strange situation because we could be starting to see TNA pay-per-views and shows coming onto the network. Yeah, I just hope that it means that you know
2: uh, like a year or two back TNA did their own like ECW revival thing but they didn't own the rights to say ECW so they ended up calling the ECW old timers group EV 2.0 <laughs> because it sounded vaguely similar. I hope they're stuck having to do that with their own brand.
1: Oh no, two and a. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's very interesting. It brings up things like, will AJ Styles be able to use his TNA entrance music, which, by all accounts, is a lot better than his current. Entrance I mean, I've music. I heard a lot
2: of people love that that his WWE one. I, I mean, I'm not a fan myself, but it's it's. I, I guess
0: you know it's music, isn't it? Everyone has their own opinion. It's yeah, it's a very interesting proposition about what's going to happen, and I, I'm glad. I'm glad in a way that TNA is staying in some way independent because there's there's a lot of talent on that roster that you know has recently left WWE and doesn't want to be back there. I'd feel bad for you know Sandow, Cody Rhodes, <laughs> like they, they've jumped ship, and then it's like. We, we own the ship now as well. Yeah. See you, lads.
2: It does seem like it's kind of like a best of both worlds in the WWE get to buy the bit that they actually want. They don't have to buy the part of the company that has all the debt. Um, TNA gets some money to help stay solvent for another few months. Um, and they lose their back catalogue, but it's worth a lot more to WWE than it is to TNA anyway.
0: Yeah, like... So... TNA can't afford to host a, a network subscription service they can barely afford to put on to put on their own pay-per-view like this weekend. So I think they they will be absolutely fine giving up those archive tapes to a company that, you know, has put in the effort to have to be the archive when it comes to old wrestling. Yeah,
2: I just look forward to if WWE do end up putting all the old TNA stuff all of the anti WWE stuff that <laughs> TNA did when they were trying to be all edgy and cool. Yeah, Having like what... Russo was an on-screen character just so that they could print T-shirts that said "fuck Vince." <laughs> well,
0: yeah, what do they do about the New Age Outlaws as the Voodoo Kin Mafia? Because it? KM, uh, it's the same initials
2: as Vincent Kennedy and McMahon. Uh, it's like
0: they were literally satire. so, so edgy. You would cut yourself if you you even looked at them in the wrong direction. I mean, it doesn't get much more edgy than a pair
2: of tag wrestlers from many years after they were relevant in a bigger company talking, <laughs> like, doing a poor imitation of what they did in the bigger company. Like, you just know there were, like, meetings in WWE. Okay. We can't ignore the elephant in the room any longer. What are we going to do about the Voodoo Kin Mafia? <laughs>
0: 1999 King of the Ring, Billy Gunn and Road Dog yeah. are they're mugging us, us off. Gareth, roadie sidekick.
1: <laughs> so have you guys been keeping yeah. up with what's happened in the final deletion uh, since?
0: Last I saw the final deletion, there was... Um, alas with some kind of carny-looking folks trying to steal Matt Hardy's baby. I know that
1: uh, didn't Brother Nero, he's now Broken Brother Nero, isn't he?
0: Yeah. So he's broken. Yeah, they're, they're all faces now, I think. Because yeah. it's, it's got so massively over that Broken Matt Hardy, Brother Nero, they're, they're all good guys, and they're fighting uh, another... A heel stable.
2: It's the classic thing where it makes absolutely no sense the way around that it is, isn't it? Because if you said, okay, so we've got one group are turning, like, a little bit insane, but ultimately are a family, they're minding their own business, you know, they're not hurting anyone outside of their own intimate group, they're a bit kooky, but whatever. And then the other group are trying to Take the child from that first family against both the family's will and the child's will.
1: And then the hills, though.
2: So. Yeah, as I said that, I realised that's total bollocks. What I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it, I had a point in there somewhere.
0: It was the best explanation of what the fuck's going on in TNA at the moment. It's. Uh, I think. Uh, I if... think if you
1: think about it. it... It it kind of, yeah. My problem
2: with it is that
0: it's making me stupid.
2: So maybe (laughs) we should move on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's just move on right past that. Let's talk about Clash of Champions. Pretty good pay for you, is what I'm saying about it thus far.
1: Yeah, I mean, something I want to talk about the pay-per-view, to me they feel less special because there's just so many. It feels more like a Raw special or a Smackdown special rather than it be a, you know, pay-per-view where you'd... Do you know what I mean?
2: It feels like a fancy episode of Raw or Smackdown.
1: Exactly. Rather than it being like, you know, oh, wow, big event, you know, we've got to have some mates around and watch it and, you know, stay up late and get some popcorn in or whatever. It just feels like, oh, it's that pay-per-view, is it? Like, for instance, I said to you, like, I was like, oh, when is the when is the next one this weekend? Oh, really? So soon? You know? Yeah. Not that I'm not looking forward to it, but it's just a case of, my God, yeah. there is now so much wrestling. <laughs>
0: yeah. It definitely feels very different to say, like, the road to WrestleMania, because, like, the, it comes to January, and you know you've got the Raw Rumble, and then you've got maybe two pay-per-views in between that. And then you've got WrestleMania. It feels like a very different stretch of WWE programming where they're just kind of throwing everything out there rather than, well, one of these four people is going to win the Royal Rumble and they're going to be champion. It's, there's, a, there's a kind of expectation of a slower pace around that time of year. Whereas now we seem to be kind of the furthest we can possibly be from that, where, you know, titles are going all over the place, uh, people are winning titles on, on the shows. And yeah, like you said, Keb, there are these, these shows feel more like monthly, bi monthly specials than a proper, this is a huge deal pay per view where history will be made.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I think Clash of Champions actually shows that very well in that every single match did as much as possible to just sort of preserve the status quo, with the exception of the US title match, and that match basically was just held over from SummerSlam anyway. It's like New Day defeat uh, the club in short order, the same as they did on Raw. Yeah, also I want to make the point that it doesn't help that almost all of these matches were either redone on raw like the week or two after clash of champions or had appeared on raw in the weeks leading up to clash of champions like the only sort of fresh match on the card
0: i think was owens versus rollins i can't say that for definite but i'm looking at it and going yeah i think that's pretty much the, the
2: other matches either i know i've seen them all before or I don't know, but I feel like I have, which kind of, whether it's true or not, actually has the same effect.
0: That said, the most of the matches I actually really enjoyed watching, even though, you know, uh, we, we've complained at length before about uh, Cesaro and Seamus doing a best of seven, and it's utterly stupid that after a rest of seven they ended in a no contest and drew. Yeah. It was a phenomenal match but it yeah, doesn't excuse it was just how stupid the finish was. It w- and it was an incredibly stupid finish but I did I really loved the match and at the end of it I was like all right yeah you you clearly don't want to deliver on either of these two getting a title shot. Yeah. So you booked your way out of it. Fair play, lads. What,
1: what annoys play.
2: me
0: is that Scha- oh, sorry, not Scha- Cesaro
2: had the really nasty fall to the outside.
1: Oh, that was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. Raided yeah. The Kings, sort of...
2: Yeah, he sort of...
1: Suicide dive out from the ropes, right?
2: Yeah, and that looked properly nasty. And the end of the match was these two are too injured to be able to continue. So why didn't they just call an audible
0: and end it a few minutes early? And w- why finish the match with Cesaro stood up in the ring saying, I can keep going, and Seamus being accompanied out by the medical team? Yeah, against his will as well. <laughs> and they did a, a really good job of kind of putting over that these two are very, very physical fighters doing everything they can, which, yeah, you got that impression. I really liked a lot of the selling in that match as well, uh, especially on Cesaro's part, only doing three swings on the first cesare swing that he tried to do yeah uh, and then having to hold his back and then going straight into the sharpshooter and again holding his back it was I thought it was a, a very strong uh psychologically worked match which you don't you, you don't really see a lot of room for that
1: mm. no I agree I found it very entertaining uh yeah it just I mean this this is one thing I think as well that lends it to Sorry, that, that sort of added to the paper, you're not really feeling that special. You know, that could have been something that really, you know, oh, it's wrapping up this, you know, best of seven. That's actually going to be really exciting. And as it was, it wasn't really anything to talk about. It it's just, oh, um, yeah, you know, it wasn't. Here, They're a tag but, team now. Yeah, great.
0: Mm. Yeah, but
2: it does seem silly that they had two matches before the best of seven started. Then they had a best of seven and the storyline's still not done.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, it is, it's kind of ridiculous that no one's come out of this any better than they were before. Yeah, I mean, I th- to be fair, I think the fans
2: seem like they care slightly more about Seamus than they did. Like, I like Seamus yeah. already, as we've discussed multiple yeah. times on this cast before, but I, I know a lot of people were kind of down on him, um, like, ever since the Daniel Bryan unpleasantness. And yeah. like, I heard there was a lot also, of people being is, like, yeah, Seamus was really good.
0: there's some genuine heat on him as well. Like, genuine heat on the end of that match of people being annoyed at the end of it, which I think is the best they could have hoped for. Yeah,
2: you don't want them to go, oh, well, that's a thing that's happened. You want them to be, oh,
0: oh, man, I want to see the end
2: of that match. Because now it means that even though they've faced each other nine more times, people might actually care when they have another blow-off match later.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think... uh, Another match that I really enjoyed was uh, TJ Perkins versus Brian Kendrick. Yeah. But my big, big problem here is why did Raw get three picks for every two SmackDown picks? And the Cruiserweight division. And the Cruiserweight division. It, it blows on because with all the new Cruiserweights, Raw now kind of... Has double the size roster of SmackDown.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure they could have booked that knowing that they were going to do a cruiserweight division and knowing they were going to introduce 12 new on screen cruiserweights. I think it's about 12. Yeah. Why did they have to give Raw three picks for SmackDown's two? It, ma- it, it makes no sense to me.
2: Yeah, because Raw have wasted talent doing nothing while. Smackdown are having to, like, I mean, they've made it work really well with Heath Slater and Rhino, but the fact they're having to use Heath Slater and Rhino at all, and that they're bringing back
0: Kurt um, Hawkins and things like that—it's yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Like, yeah, we we've said before, Raw is the Triple H kind of show, and you can see that with the cruiserweights coming through. Uh, the NXT guys being at the top of the roster, but they didn't need three picks. And I think that's going to be one of the the big failures: is that Raw's going to have a bloat, the same bloated roster it's always had, and SmackDown's going to feel underfilled. Yeah. You wonder how because... many
2: of the new call-ups from NXT are going to go to um, SmackDown. I mean, I know they've already brought Bailey up to Raw, but I think broadly a lot of your um, your Samoa Joes and your Shinsuke Nakamura's and so on may find themselves going more SmackDown way.
0: And, you know, a lot more people being quietly transferred to SmackDown a la Jack Swagger. Yeah. Yeah. But Brian Kendrick and TJ Perkins, they're, they're, they're two guys who are ready to go just. Regardless, uh, a really great match. Uh, I, I don't know if I said before, but I really love Brian Kendrick. He's,
2: he. I mean, we never really just, spoke properly about the Cruiserweight Classic because we were partway through watching it still last time round.
0: Yeah, it's, The and Kendrick. yeah, the Cruiserweight Classic was is is the best wrestling, the best wrestling WWE's put out this year, bar no the the matches on there if you're looking at from a, a technical storytelling whatever standpoint like maybe 9 8 or 9 of the top 10 matches of the year from that from just the how good is wrestling view have come from the cruiserweight classic it's not come from the wrestlemania main event it's not come from who did well in the royal rumble it's all from the cwc and they even managed to sneak in a tag match
2: for me on the final so
1: i have a, I have a sad personal story about this oh. i was supposed oh. to go to a wrestling match um, a friend of mine was supposed to get some tickets for it but unfortunately it didn't work out and i couldn't well uh, he couldn't get the tickets so we couldn't go and uh on monday night out at london cocktail week i saw somebody wearing a progress wrestling uh hoodie and so I went, oh, you were the guys who were doing the event on the 25th in Brixton, weren't you? He goes, yeah, yeah, I was there, I was in the front row, look, I'll show you. And uh, that guy, he's going to be on Raw next week. This was his last match with Progress, and it was Jack Gallagher.
0: Jack Gallagher's my, my favourite from the Cruiserweight Classic Mine as too, well.
1: right? He was yeah. so funny. I can't wait
0: for him on Raw. It, it was, yeah. What a character. It, it's, it's, again, um, the Wade Barrett bias. Uh, <laughs> Oh, a wrestler from the northwest. Yes, I think I quite like him. To be fair, Wade uh, Barrett
2: never literally tied opponents in a knot and then kicked them in the bum.
0: <laughs> he, uh, no, Jack Gallagher was so entertaining, and I'm so happy that he's uh, you know, he's going to be on the big, big stage very soon. Yeah.
1: And I had absolutely no idea he was going to be there, so seeing him on that guy's phone, I was like, I am so cross. <laughs> I didn't.
0: Well... Speaking about, you know, going to watch wrestling, it seems like as good a time as any as we're having a kind of freeform discussion, this weekend, by the time this podcast is out, I will have watched uh, Cody Rhodes versus Kurt Angle at WCPW True Legacy in Manchester. Are you actually
1: going to the the show?
0: Yeah, I'm going to the show. Uh, Alberto El Patron, uh, otherwise known as Del Rio, is going to be there. Wow. Wow. yeah, apparently, Bret Hart is going to be at the fan convention, and I can't imagine Bret Hart's just coming to the show to do a fan convention. So, Bret Hart might even be involved in the show in some way.
1: Wow! Oh, that's going to be amazing.
0: Yeah. Uh, so if if the if this podcast doesn't make it out before Saturday night, that's why. Uh-huh. Wow! Because, I
1: mean, to see Kurt Angle is it must be a privilege. Yeah.
0: Like he's just the just, you know, all-time top ten, top five wrestlers. Kurt Angle is just so good. Um, I'm really excited to see him wrestle and chant you, chant you, suck it. And... <laughs> uh, well, we've talked about Cesaro. We've talked about uh, TJ Perkins and Kendrick. Let's talk about the New Day versus Gallows and Anderson the shortest match on the card warm kind of a warmer pac but pretty decent it was fine
2: but i don't know why like they've they've relegated gallows and anderson from special to not special to jobbers
1: yeah I mean, when they first started they were all scary you know and it was like oh my god what are these guys gonna do and now it's like well
0: like, yeah, yeah what well, they're gonna lose the new day. Over, it, yeah,
1: over.
0: It, yeah. I I really enjoyed the match, but I think in my notes I was like bullshit finish. Yeah. Yeah, that that
2: bugged me that the faces cheated to win. Like it's not like they were countering anything that the heels were doing. The heels were fighting fairly, and the faces cheated to win.
0: Yeah, and like the new day have always been. A little bit leaning to, you know, they were at their best when they were proper heels. But they were fighting out and out heels here. And yeah, I I genuinely feel like this was the one that Gallows-Anderson kind of needed to win. Yeah, I'm
2: worried that they decided that they want the New Day to break the tag title record. And so they're just, they're not going to have them lose, regardless of whether it makes sense or not, for the next, like, three months.
0: It's just, it's a a, a huge waste of talent. You look at that kind of, the raid of talent from New uh, Japan Pro Wrestling back in January, and you, you look at AJ Styles as the champion on Smackdown look at Shinsuke Nakamura is the champion on LXT and Gallows and Anderson have just been kind of completely wasted and it, it really makes me sad I mean to
2: be fair that if two of them were going to be wasted out of those four you're glad that it's not yeah. AJ and Nakamura
0: oh yeah absolutely but at the
2: same time I don't want to sell Gallows and especially Anderson short they deserve better than what they're getting I hope, hopefully, yeah. it's just a teething period, and they'll try and recapture some of that cool vibe that they had.
0: Especially when I think it was you said to me, James, that uh, Gallows at one point was gonna be the third brother of destruction,
2: or well, he was gonna be the next Kane. Yeah. When and when uh, they did the whole May nineteenth thing, Kane was gonna be potentially retiring. But um, I know is laughable now, like ten years later. But at the time, he was genuinely considering retiring. But they didn't want to give up the Kane character, so they were going to reboot it with Gallows. You know, fake Diesel style. I guess. Oh God.
0: And when you look at Gallows wrestle, you can you can see the same style that Undertaker and and Kane have used. That there's a. There's a way that Gallows moves that's very similar to the two of them, and you think, why haven't you seen this WWE? Why haven't you capitalised on this guy yet? Mm. And it, it, I was as I as I was watching the match earlier. That's all I could think was, you're you're really wasting a, a killer killer opportunity with this guy. And
1: what do they do? Have him sort of like, if if you were booking him. And you wanted to somehow link him to Kane and the Undertaker. Well, how would you do it?
0: I wouldn't. Uh, at this point, I think we're well, well beyond Actually, that. I it's just, sailed slightly.
1: I know, but I'm talking about when he comes into the company.
0: Like, when he, when a theme, he comes like, a in, sort of
1: cousin of destruction, or
0: you use Paul Paul Bearer to bring him in, and you know Paul Bearer when he's still alive, obviously.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, ship has seriously sailed. There is no.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they
2: uh, used Paul Bearer in storylines after he died.
1: Yeah, they certainly did. Didn't his ashes get poured on... Uh... Yeah.
0: yeah. Thanks, punk. Uh, no, I, I, I think they could... Eat, there was room in the mid-noughties to have a third brother of destruction and possibly even put him over in such a big way that, you know, maybe he was the one who broke the streak or something just, they they had that potential there and they wasted it with doing ridiculous Festus stuff and then he went away and was a badass and then he came back and he was a joke character again uh, the, the sad story of Luke Gallows getting paid millions of pounds is ridiculous
1: Festus was the stupid hillbilly wasn't
0: he? Yeah he was like basically
2: functionally retarded and then when the ring bell sounded, he would suddenly become a monster, and then when the ring bell sounded again, he would go back into being functionally retarded. And there were antics where the heels would, like, steal the ring bell and ring it again mid-match to turn him off.
0: Very, very silly business.
1: If
2: if anything epitomises mid-naughties WWE
0: more, I'm not sure what it is. Amazing. Um, All right, so we've done our uh, first two matches. Jericho, Zayn, perfectly serviceable match.
2: Yeah, the only problem we had with it was that the finish felt more out of nowhere than an RKO. <laughs> like, they just were having a good match and then suddenly Jericho hit the code breaker, and it was the end, Yeah. which bothered us slightly. But other than that, really good.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it either. It was like, oh, no, I... Just on a completely different note, I meant to say this during the TJ Perkins-Brian Kendrick match, there was one of the worst commentary calls I've ever, ever heard in the TJ Perkins-Kendrick match. Oh. Uh, according to Michael Cole, at one point, TJ Perkins was homeless while trying to become a sports entertainer.
1: He was what? Sorry? Can you repeat that?
0: TJ Perkins was once went homeless while trying to become a sports entertainer (sighs) like I understand it but at the same time I completely hate it
2: (laughs) you can understand it but you do not accept it
0: yeah It's, it's not wrestling it's sports entertainment but the entire point of the Cruiserweight Classic was that it is wrestling these are wrestlers who are they're not sports entertainers, they're small guys who are really good at what they do. Being sports. TJ Perkins. Yeah. TJ Perkins never wanted to be a sports entertainer. He he's a wrestler. So is Brian Kendrick and it it almost threw the entire match off for me. And I just as soon as I heard that line and it couldn't no one else would have said it, but Michael Cole <laughs> said it.
1: I wanted to talk, actually, about um, commentary briefly. I think it's Michael Cole who said this twice. Um, Once was in the uh, triple women's match. When was it? What pay-per-view was that, James? I need your help. Oh, it was Charlotte um, with Donna Brooke uh, defeating Bailey and Sasha Banks. I guess we'll come on to talking about that. But I'll just say this now. Michael Cole has twice, um, in the past few pay-per-views, said, that's an audible.
2: Oh, it's Saxton.
1: Oh, Saxton, Byron yeah. Saxton, sorry. That's okay. I'm slandering Michael Cole. <laughs> Byron Saxton has said uh, they called an audible, and he's used the word audible.
2: Yeah, uh, the, the second time he did it, we properly had a Princess Bride moment, didn't we? We were like, he keeps using that word. I don't think it means what he thinks it means.
1: Yeah, like the first time it was oh. like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe he's just, you know accidentally said that, you know, it just came out and... I
2: remember you bringing it up on the SummerSlam episode how yeah. it was a you know, a fuck up, but then he did it again,
1: yeah, this has happened again and I just think, how did he not get raked over the coals for saying it last time, because it was stupid and, you know, not in keeping with how wrestling is performed
0: yeah.
1: very carefully yeah. phrased
0: he's, he's basically like Doing botchamania chants <laughs> for himself. Like, there was, uh, I think there was another call, uh, no, a couple of times. Uh, it might have been Corey Graves actually calling the matches saying, I don't think he meant to land like that, but it was effective. Yeah. Uh, it's a very similar, like, he fucked that up, <laughs> and I'm telling you that he fucked it up, but. Kind of covering for him at the same time. It's 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 really weird. Like I think Corey Graves is by far the best thing about Raw and the Raw brand in terms of commentary. Like Saxton is awful. Cole is awful. You know yes. who? I'm still annoyed about Sports Insane, <laughs> but calling calling an audible is one of the. Few barriers left for the K word. Mm.
1: Yeah, um, and to, to use that phrase, I mean, I'm, I'm lost for words. <laughs> it's like, you know, when a, a referee throws up an X, you know, that's supposed to be kind of sacred, but they sometimes use it, you know. But to say they called an audible means that they.
2: changed it on the fly.
1: Yeah. It's breaking the fourth wall in a way that's just disrespectful, I think, to the wrestlers, yeah. to the sports entertainers.
2: Yeah the whole sports entertainment industry. Very quickly on the subject of botches, my favourite botch I've seen, like from a coolness factor, happened in the Cruiserweight Classic, which is um, in round one, Sean Maluta's match. I can't actually remember who it was he was facing now, but he went to do a Tope Con Hilo, which is the forward flip over the top rope, and he kind of over rotated and ended up kind of doing a, like a completely unintentional over the top rope 450 splash oh, no, sorry not even a 450 it was a um i'm going to have to add numbers here a, <laughs> this is
1: a maths graduate maths yeah.
2: Math, graduate 30 degree splash like he did a forward <laughs> he did a a forward flip as if to do the topic on here and then just kept going like another full 360 degrees afterwards wow and if it had been intentional it would have been one of the coolest things I'd ever seen but it, as it was it was quite apparent from the way he did it that it was a botch <laughs> but it was still cool
0: Right, let's get back on track uh, have we got anything more to say about Jericho Zayn other than the fact it was a great match poor finish
2: I think that kind of covers it it was kind of a nothing match Like it was just they both need something to do I'm glad yeah. that they gave Zayn a relatively high profile match um, yeah Not really anything else to say
1: Yeah I mean I've heard a sad rumour that Chris Jericho might be leaving the company fairly soon uh, I hope it's not more than just a baseless rumour um, Because I think that he's incredibly entertaining And I think I've really enjoyed him being with WWE at the moment
2: Yeah I will say I Just on the subject of Jericho and Jericho specifically I did like the segment on the latest Raw Where Um <laughs> jericho asked owens if they could go after the tag titles and then owens was like hell no i'm the champ i don't need to go after the tag titles and jericho sort of went oh come on you know i'm only saying let's go after the tag titles it's not like i'm asking for another title shot and then eyes up the belt and owens immediately is like oh, okay uh yeah we can go after the tag titles yeah that'll be good
0: <laughs> yeah no i think it's that's really developing very nicely. Yeah, I love the dynamic um, they've got at the moment. It's, it's both
2: interesting and funny.
0: Yeah, I think Jericho has done more than perhaps anyone else to put over Kevin Owens as champion. Maybe Seth Rollins has done his fair share in that as well. But yeah, Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens pairing, who knew if you put two of the best talkers in the business together... <laughs> They'd come up with gold.
1: I mean, what I really love about their relationship is you can tell that it will explode. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like a powder keg. There's, it's, Kevin Owens can't be best friends with somebody. I mean, the last best friend he had was Sami Zayn. And we see how that went. Right. Oh. And you just get the whole feeling that these two are both just, a spark is going to set them off. It's going to be great.
2: Don't bring that up in front of Jericho or he'll hit you
0: with his phone. yeah absolutely right Uh, Royal Women's Championship Uh, Charlotte versus Bailey versus Sasha Banks yeah great match
2: yeah I mean it's another one those ones have kind of been made slightly meaningless from the fact that Sasha has won the title back since the pay-per-view on yeah like I know they built it up and made it the main event and so on but essentially a random episode of Raw And it seems weird now that they've had Sasha win it on an episode of Raw twice. Yeah. Um, It's almost like they are more interested in preserving Charlotte's undefeated streak in pay-per-view title matches than they are in telling the story. But, I don't know, the match itself was good. I like that they didn't do anything crazy in the match. There was no nasty injuries off the top rope.
0: I've heard rumblings that we might see our first ever Uh, woman-on-woman Hell in a Cell
2: at the next pay-per-view. I mean, the next Raw pay-per-view is Hell in a Cell and they have very few feuds that would justify a Hell in a
0: Cell match.
1: I would like that. That would be really cool.
0: It's never stopped them before using Hell in a Cell for, like, you know, bollocks purposes. Remember, I think last last year there was Wyatt Reigns that didn't really justify it. So, I think Charlotte Sasha genuinely justifies it, and it'll be really cool to see uh, an all-female Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, let's let's go for that. Shame Bailey gets relegated, but she she's got time. Yeah, I think picture at the top all the time. No, I think you know there's mileage in Bailey versus Nia Jax again. Yeah. Not the, the raw audience isn't necessarily the same NXT audience that watched that last, well, earlier this year, last year. So.
1: I think Nia Jax as well, that like when it comes to Hell in a the Cell, there's a kind of brutal element to it. And I think Nia Jax has that kind of frightening, like, with Hell in a Cell, you want to be thinking, I do not want to be locked in there with that person, right? I'm not that you know. I'd like to be locked in with Charlotte or anything, but with Nia Jacks, you think, yeah, I would probably she'd probably rip me limb from limb before I could escape. You know, <laughs> I think she's one of one peop, one person that really has that kind of energy to make it scary. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, yeah, a, a great match. I I hope to see this triple threat in various singles matches and possibly a triple threat again. For the rest of the year and going forward, yeah. It's it was great, uh, but I, I think one thing we've got to talk about was uh, I think it was in Raw Charlotte's Moon flip, Corkscrew incredibleness. That that was just possibly the most athletic and best wrestling thing I've seen for a long, long time. Charlotte's good.
1: I just um, wanted to share a bit of trivia about Charlotte's family. Um, I only found out uh, a couple of weeks ago that Ric Flair was actually sold on the baby black market when he was very, very small. And, uh, yeah, adopted illegally, basically. And so that makes me fi- find it quite interesting when Charlotte sort of talks about being genetically superior. Because possibly Ric might have had a complicated relationship with genetics being... Hmm. Yeah, I just find that quite interesting. Oh, no.
2: He calls himself the nature boy because he had to live in nature until he was 12.
1: Oh, no, no, he, he had a loving family. He just had no sort of legal... Uh...
2: Right to be with them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand the whole sort of um, implications of it. But, yeah, he didn't know his uh, biological family. And I think he's since traced his birth certificate and found out that he would have been called... I think it's... I can't remember what his name is. I think...
2: Rick McMahon. Rick. Strong oh my hair god! Can you game? that twist. <laughs> what was your joke, on, Jack?
0: Oh, it's just strong hair game because Ric Flair's hair is it, like you look at '80s Ric Flair and you go, "Cocaine's very, a very good thing." And what hair? What?
1: Oh. What do he think that when he was born, his parents actually wrote on his birth certificate, "What hair? Strong hair game."
0: Yeah, just like, strong. Uh, oh. What should we call him? I think we should call him Strong Hair Game. <laughs> you know, let's use let's use a parlance of the times in fifty years from now, because Rick will probably still have strong hair game then. And
1: they weren't wrong.
0: I'd like to, I'd like to imagine that Ric Flair came out with a perfect. Yeah. Yeah, Ric Flair was born with strong hair. Few, few men are born into strong hair. Uh, some uh, grow into it. Others... Oh, I've lost the Shakespeare reference because I got distracted by Seth Rollins' chest. It, it happens, happens to, to all, all of, of us. us. <laughs> Happen, yeah, it happens to the best of us. Right, before we go on to Rollins, let's talk about uh, Rusev versus Reigns. Rusev's uh, US title run, cruelly ended by... Uh, the face that runs nowhere, Roman Reigns.
1: I think I think you were to talk about who we're supposed to root for here, didn't you?
0: I think I did it in the last episode because
2: they've not really changed it. But yeah, how is Roman the face here?
1: He disrespected man's wife on their wedding day, or on their sort of pseudo wedding day.
0: Yeah, their TV wedding day.
2: Yeah, basically, Roman Everything Roman has done has been. The actions of a heel bully. The crowd have booed him constantly, and they still treat him as though he's the faces. Yes it's, it's almost like they're taking the piss at this point.
0: That that's genuinely what it feels like. We're we're coming up to nearly a year on peak Roman Reigns hatred and
2: Surely peak Roman Reigns hatred would have been the Royal Rumble two thousand fifteen.
0: I don't know. I feel like there was, a, there there was a lot of hatred then, but I feel like it's just got worse and worse and worse. And we might have got peak Roman Reigns hatred at twenty sixteen, but they they dumped him out third instead of second. It's, it's, what, I just oh Roman Reigns like they've dropped him down and they've said, look, he's he failed like drug test. whatever, he's not in main title contention anymore. But, you know, just as a punishment, we've given him the US title.
1: Yeah.
0: I is he going to pull up any trees with the US title? I really, really doubt it. Like, Jack Swagger's gone, who's the only person who ever cares about that title. <laughs> Like what? Who is Roman Reigns gonna fight now for the U.S. title? Rusev in a rematch that Rusev will lose, and then what? Where where does this?
2: I what thought are the a strong out? man that he could face? Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: No, I wouldn't actually mind Braun Strowman destroying Roman Reigns.
2: <laughs> oh, if Strowman obliterated him, that would be quite funny. I don't think that's it how would, it would go,
0: but. It would boil so much piss because there's the like everyone who's been complaining about Reigns only having four moves and not being able to wrestle a proper match would actually be furious that Braun Strowman is all of a sudden a champion getting pushed. Yeah,
2: I'd love it if Vince doubled down on the guy the internet doesn't like. That'd be funny. But yeah, I, I don't mind Roman as the U.S. champ, I don't think. Like I, 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 I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt for now and see how that goes. My bigger complaint is that it was a really boring match. Like I really liked most of the wrestling on this card. This is the one match where, quite early on, they lost me, and they never really got me back. Yeah, which is a shame because I think both guys are very good. Like, both yeah, guys but are deceptively good.
0: We. You, We've made our feelings clear about Roman Reigns a, a lot on this podcast. He he was absolutely pushed too early. But that is not taken into account. The guy is a main eventer. He is a name. And he can wrestle a good match. He's just been booked really badly. Yeah. It's, like, if you look at what he has done as a character, he
2: has never done anything wrong. Like whatever he's been given to do, he's done it well. The problem is what he's been given to do, and also his demeanor in like interviews has not always been the best. But that's yeah, you know, I'm not. He's. I don't mind them being assholes because you know if you don't support wrestlers unless they're also really nice guys, then you suddenly lose out on the ability to support quite a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Just about everyone. Yeah, AJ Styles, for instance.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like the, It's not a business for nice guys, Like, but you can... I just think Roman might have perhaps missed a few opportunities where he could have done his character in a certain way and the booking and his own personality didn't quite help. Right. So reigns covered uh guys who get title shot after title shot without any kind of real justification for it seth rollins has lost his sixth or seventh wwe title shot in three months since returning yeah it's kind of absurd
1: i mean i guess you could argue that um Stephanie McMahon and Mick Foley trying to justify the fact he was their first draft pick.
2: Yeah, but, like, they... He won the title against Roman Reigns. Then he lost it to Ambrose the same night on the Money in the Bank. Then he uh, drew a match against Ambrose. Then he lost a match against Ambrose. Then he lost in a triple threat match with Ambrose and Reigns. Then he lost to Finn Balor for the Universal title. Then he lost in the fatal four-way, eh? and now he's lost to Kevin Owens. It all in the space like three months. It's yeah, a little crazy. <laughs> Mind this one specifically. It's it's the parts where they just gave him random title matches on TV that meant nothing are the parts that annoy me about that.
0: I can see the the thinking. People like uh, babyfaces losing. They're slowly, very slowly turning him face. But why do that slowly? When he returned, he was a face. Yeah. He got the biggest chan, like big a huge pop. There, there was no need for a slow burn on this turn. It's not. And sorry. Now he's just if, like. Again, he's another character who I don't know what they're gonna do with him. It's unless it's you know they're they're already thinking about next April and he's gonna be Triple H. In which case, well, he's just gonna be near the top but not getting it, and have what I'm gonna call Ambrose syndrome. <laughs> Everyone wants to see him win. He never wins. And when he starts winning, everyone hates him again. And says it's boring. Is, is that what we're going to do with Rollins? And thus, all three members of the Shield are going to be a failed project?
2: I very sincerely hope not. But it's not the first time... Like The problem is, WWE are just terrible with faces, generally. I mean... If you look down this entire card, even, the only really good faces are the ones that got popular in NXT.
1: So you're talking about Sami Zayn?
2: Sami Zayn, like the Cruiserweights, Cesaro, um, Bailey and Sasha Banks. And then you got the New Day, who are more heelish than the heel teams they're facing. You've got Roman Reigns, who we've been over, and you've got Seth Rollins who is going through the Randy Orton turn that they did last year where Rollins put Orton on the shelf. Orton came back all fired up and then rejoined the authority only to turn on Rollins like two weeks later. And by that point all the fire had gone out of it and people didn't care.
0: Yeah, it's weak. It's you know, there, there, there's such a thing as too many title shots. The prestige of the title comes from how often it's defended and how well it's defended. And like we said, Rollins has competed and lost this tu- lost matches for this title so many times. Why is he still there? Also, I get
2: that Owens is a heel, but given that the title is new, he should not be having to... Rely on Schmoz finishes every single time there's a title match. Because the belt was introduced with a stupid name that the fans shout on, with a stupid design that the fans shout on. They put Finn over really hard to, you know, give it legitimacy, but then he got injured and it undid that good work that they did. And now, since then, Owens won it through Schmoz and successfully retained it through Schmoz. And it makes the title look like a joke,
0: and they're they're two of my my favourites in the company, uh, Owens and Rollins, and they put on a damn damn entertaining match, but it's just there's just something missing from it.
2: It's the exact like this match to me summarized more than all the other matches. The problem with how regularly they're doing the pay per views, because in an ideal world, they could have had you know the Fatal 4-Way, Triple H screws over Rollins, blah, 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 blah. and then this match should have been the Survivor Series main event, and instead, we've had it here Clash of Champions, we're presumably going to have it again at Hell in a Cell, and then maybe they'll try and do it at Survivor Series as well, but the magic will have gone by that point. And Rollins will look like a complete joke unless he wins at Hell in a Cell and retains at Survivor Series. And if he does that, then Owens will look like a complete joke. But yeah, the repetition of it and the overexposure of it, they're booking themselves into a corner.
0: Absolutely. And do you think that there's depth in the roster? You know, maybe anyone, maybe guys who have just competed in the best of seven series (laughs) for a number one contender slot, to fill one of those gaps. Or maybe
2: even like Helen Cell I know it's Helena Cell and therefore they have to have a Helena Cell which is stupid in its own way, but I won't get into that now. But um they could have had like maybe a fatal four way for the title. Or like maybe just to protect Rollins, have him get taken out by Owens and then have a triple threat or something. Just something to mix it up.
0: What, what I'd do with Rollins right now is I would lean right into Bret Hart conspiracy theory <laughs> and I would have him injuring guys left, right and centre. If a guy turns up... If a guy suddenly is injured, uh, he has to work a match with Rollins and then after the match, they announce that he's injured. <laughs> that would be my, like... You just want to make it meta? Yeah, that that would be my kind of... He, he would no longer be the architect. He would be the 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 injurer, the be a career ender, a
1: demolition expert. You yeah. want to
2: change him from Ganesh to Shiva?
0: Yeah, because that's like everyone knows that you know if if anything happens, if if a tree falls in the woods and Brett Hart's there to hear it, it's Seth Rollins' fault. I, I would lean right into that with Rollins now. Okay. We I think we've done enough about Clash of Champions. Let's move on. This Sunday, it's no mercy.
2: Yeah. First thought on No
0: Mercy. I like
2: that they're having Maurice advertise it by going, No mercy, as if it's like some fancy perfume when it just <laughs> makes it sound like she's saying no thanks. <laughs>
0: I like how many gimmick-free singles matches there are. Yeah. It feels old school. Um, let's talk about the pointless ones first. Kurt Hawkins versus TBD.
2: Don't care. To, to be fair, TBD has been doing a lot of good work recently.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, other Jack Swagger versus Baron Corbin. Oh, I was going
2: to ask with Kurt Hawkins... What do, who do we think it is going to be? Because as far as I can tell, the only people that aren't involved with a match already are local enhancement talent and yep. Kane. Well, Kane's not going to... It's not going to be Kane, because Kane won't want to lose, will he? Presumably. I assume that they spent all this time building up Kurt Hawkins so that he could lose to Kane.
0: <laughs> like... I don't want to out myself. Oh. But who the fuck is Kurt Hawkins? <laughs> okay, he's
2: like, lesson time.
0: Have I have I had a stroke
2: and missed Kurt Hawkins? So, there were once upon a time, in the WWE version of ECW, there were a tag team that debuted called the Major Brothers. Yeah. Um, and they were just you know standard tag team, they eventually moved Smackdown, and they were doing their standard tag team, you know, nothing special whatsoever, just, you know, vaguely exciting tag teamy stuff, you know, sort of bland faces. And then randomly, in one of the main events, they appeared and interfered to help Heal Edge retain the title. And right. it was meant to be really shocking and stuff. And then it transpired that these two guys, um, who claimed to be, like I can't remember their names. Both surname Major. Um, that weren't their those weren't their real names, and they were guys that Edge had hired to sort of get on the roster to help him out. And those two guys were Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder.
1: Ah. Mm. all
2: right. And so they were for a while. They were called the Edgeheads, and then they were just Hawkins <laughs> and Ryder, and then. Um, yeah, uh, Ryder, um, like Hawkins got injured. Ryder, while Hawkins was injured, developed the Long Island Ice-Z gimmick and became popular in his own right. And then Hawkins' his injury was sort of severe enough and he considered himself low enough and you know, insignificant enough on the card that he sort of just said, yeah, I'm just going to quit and take a few years out, rehab my injury, rediscover my love for wrestling and then maybe come back later and now he's going to come back as a comedy jobber it looks like thank you for the history lesson because you're very welcome
1: that was fascinating
2: uh I really hope that's it's Apollo Cruz isn't it and it's quite an unmemorable thing so odds are I probably got at least one detail of that really badly wrong it's
0: got to be Apollo Cruz then oh yeah he's not on them. Apollo Cruz needs a win yeah It may as well be against the guy who sounds like he plays uh, bass in the Dave Matthews band.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want to say about the um, Dolph Ziggler-The Miz match. Yeah. Um, We've seen this match at every pay-per-view recently, haven't we?
2: Yeah, but in the other ones, Dolph Ziggler hadn't put his career on the line.
1: But Um, we've seen them dressed up.
2: Oh, yeah, that is how Ziggler should win the match. He should just encourage The Miz to turn up in the chicken outfit.
1: I mean, that has been some very weird advertising, hasn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: I don't really understand why, but I guess it's got us talking about it on the podcast, so that's advertising for KFC.
0: That's exactly what they want. And, you know, uh, I really do enjoy the, uh, the, the KFC money that comes in from the podcast. Yeah.
1: All that, yeah. that cash we get that... for the podcast.
0: I really enjoyed the Spirit Squad showing up again on SmackDown for Miz vs. Ziggle's volume 1 million. It is interesting that the direction they seem to have taken Dolph
2: Ziggler recently is by highlighting what a dweeb he has constantly been. Like, they brought up that he was in the Spirit Squad. I think in the Ambrose feud, they brought up that he was very briefly Chavo Guerrero's caddy.
0: Wait. I think he was Chaver Guerrero's caddy in the Mrs. Video package. Oh yeah, of course he was. Yeah, it's like yeah, how like
2: there's you don't see them doing that with Luke Gallows. No, showing a video package in which he is Kane. and then Festus.
0: They they even brought back Kenny Dykstra, didn't they? Like Kenny was the, one of the Spirit Squad lads, and. Uh, Again, in the parlance of our times, uh, the uh, cook to John Cena and Mickie James. (laughs) Like, I'm impressed they got Kenny back. He must be. On hard times. Yeah, quite desperate for money.
2: (laughs) Maybe he's seen that they brought back, like, Jinder Mahal and Kurt Hawkins, and he thinks that he could get another gig.
0: Yeah, it's like. Oh, mid-naughties jobbers are back in, in vogue. Here I am. What, what do we think of this, Max? Like, is Ziggler going to lose? Do we want Ziggler to lose? Is it going to be a weird, like, Foley retirement where he comes back in a bit, having thrown off some injuries? Dolph Ziggler doesn't seem like that kind of guy who's who needs some time off to recover. He's a strong worker. Who's going to do good matches regardless and not hurt himself that much?
2: I think as a guy, he doesn't need time off. As a character, he might. But what I could see them doing is maybe they've decided that the Dolph Ziggler character is kind of becoming damaged goods. Absolutely. And maybe they just want to, sort of like, not repackage him as, like, the caddy again or whatever, but, you know, maybe.
1: Come change. back to something more serious, you mean?
2: Yeah, like maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's. We. I think we're sort of spitballing because I think it's sort of like maybe seventy-five percent chance that he just beats the Miz and is now the Intercontinental Champion, which I think would be a shame because I think Miz uses the belt better than Dolph would. But
0: yeah, I think Miz has done more for the IC belt than any of the past six or seven champions have done with the IC belt. Ambrose didn't need it. I liked Owens Owens with it. Owens was good with it, but again, Owens is good with any belt. It wasn't necessarily the IC belt that made it good. Zach Grider it was a good pop, but not great. Uh,
2: His job ended up being to be a transitional champion for The Miz. Yeah. Which at the time Uh, I wasn't a fan of, but again I was wrong, and it's been
0: good. Yeah. I love the Miz. Who? Cena. No, Cena got the US. Daniel Bryan got it at WrestleMania. Yeah,
2: had to vacate due to injury. Ryback, I think, won it after that, and then lost it to Kevin Owens.
0: Yeah, I think the Miz has done far better work with that belt than anyone since WrestleMania two years ago. Yeah. I- don't think it's the right time for him to lose it to Ziggles. No. What
1: happened at WrestleMania two years ago?
0: Daniel Bryan won it.
1: That was Daniel Bryan's time.
0: That was the weird WrestleMania where Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan won the IC and Cena won the US. Yeah, and they were
2: arguably with the possibility you know, with the exception of Brock Lesnar, who's kind of a special case, they were the two top stars and they both won the mid card belts. Um, which I mean, it worked out really well with Cena, and it would have worked out really well with Brian probably if he'd not gotten injured again. I mean,
1: that's this kind of WrestleMania you come out thinking, "Wow, what's going to happen?"
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, it was interesting.
1: Oh, they they've got some kind of interesting plan, and then
0: that there was that the weird WrestleMania curse for that one that everyone who won the title that night at one point they were all injured at the same time.
2: Yeah, because there was Tyson I, Kidd and Cesaro with the tag champs and Nikki Bella was the divas champ and yeah Cena and Brian were the midcard champs and Seth Rollins was the world champ and it was yeah like October last year I think they were, they were all injured at the same
0: time mm. horrible stuff like god who would be a booker yeah right uh, we've muddied around let's talk about Nikki Bella versus Carmella yeah I think that that's gonna be a match it's gonna happen <laughs> uh, right uh i think nikki bella is gonna win it i think
2: i don't know I, I think nikki bella will win it but i would kind of like to see Carmelo win it just because i think becky's gonna retain and i think that Carmella would be the logical next opponent unless they want to go back to Natalia Um, yeah I don't know I it's one of those ones I guess I don't mind who wins because they can do good work regardless of which one wins I'm just happy that there's you know a second women's match on the card that has a build and isn't just we decided to give them a match like yeah they've actually been telling a good story and
0: I approve of that I think that's that's really strong stuff. The fact that this Carmella, Nikki, like, admittedly, it it should have started better. It should have started with Nikki Bella returning, uh, and at SummerSlam, and the faces saying, "You're in the team," and then Carmella being like, "On the foot, guys, I'm out. I'm joining the heel team." Rather than Nikki Bella being on the heel team from the start. Possibly, I'd have
2: done that the other way around. I'd have had Carmella be revealed as the third partner for the heel team, and then Nikki Bella return to make the save for the faces, because otherwise it kind of makes it look like the faces bullied Carmella out of the team. <laughs> yeah. But that that's how this feud should have started. Yeah, it should have started so, at SummerSlam rather than the SmackDown after
0: SummerSlam. If we on that in our heads, this is a good feud... And it's a secondary feud in a division that is historically, shall we say, shallow. Yeah, I mean, it's literally six people, the entire division.
1: <laughs> and it's good that yeah. there's two matches, that are women's yeah. matches, I think, on this card. I mean, how, how often does that happen? Does that happen in the past there's been two women's?
0: Very occasionally. but Yeah, when remember. they needed to get a, a, a pillow fight and a lingerie fight.
1: <laughs> yeah...
0: No, I I'm I'm very happy that there's going to be two uh two hopefully decent matches that I I let's be honest I think Nikki Bella Carmella is going to go under 10 minutes and Becky Lynch Alexa Bliss which you might as well talk about now is probably going to go 12 13 minutes
2: yeah
0: and you can look at pay-per-views in a certain way, time allocated. That's more than women have been historically given on pay-per-views. So, yeah, all for it. If the brand split means deeper feuds for the female wrestlers and superstars, I'm absolutely for it. Yeah. Cool.
2: That this is This is the good part of the brand split, where it means that we get stuff like this.
0: Yeah, because Alexa Bliss and Carmella would have been fighting in a 12-woman tag match in most other pay-per-views before pre-brand, pre-brand split.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, at SummerSlam, they were in a six-person tag match, weren't they?
0: Yeah. They're, and now they're all going to get time to... Be in front of that bigger audience that, with, you know, the, the area to work in, to really become the best at what they do. I don't. I genuinely don't think you, you're not born an incredible You're not born a, a a main eventer.
2: Unless you're like Kurt angle.
0: <laughs> yeah. Unless you you are supernaturally talented. But Kurt angle was really good, and. But Kurt Angle's first twelve months in WWE, he celebrated beating people like Gangrel and Al Snow, like he just won the Olympic gold medals again. I know he What's was. It? He had an incredible sense of character, and some incredibly brave booking. Like, why would anyone book a recently? I just want to talk about Kurt Angle for a bit now. Because <laughs> Go I for it. Him. Why would anyone book an Olympic hero, a genuine Olympic hero, two years after the Olympics as a heel? That is insane booking. But perfect, as it turned out.
1: Yeah, absolute
0: genius. A- absolutely perfect. Kurt Angle went from no one beating, like a like gangrel Al Snow, and crying when he did it yeah. to going better and better, beating better and better people. I think the first person who ever beat Kurt Angle was a debuting Taz from ECW. I
2: think you'll find that it was an illegal chokehold, so it didn't count.
0: Oh, That's
2: that's what Angle claimed afterwards. He claimed the Taz mission was an illegal chokehold, even though everyone else disagreed with him.
0: <laughs> and Kurt Angle went from... and even though he was playing the dweebiest of dweeb characters, you could see that Angle had this constantly underpinning the, like, this guy is a dweeb who's kind of cheating to win and kind of really lame and only beating jobbers, has this wrestling machine underneath him. And you see that develop with the uh, ankle lock, and he broke... Bob Holly's ankle at one point. He broke Bob Bob Holly's arm, I think. Yeah. Bob Holly did not
2: have a good... (laughs) He was that powerful. (laughs) Holly had a bad record with facing guys in their debut year who had an amateur wrestling background.
0: Yeah. But Bob Holly also had a huge reputation for hazing new guys. (laughs) <laughs> like Bob Holly funny of that. Bob Holly does not pull punches yeah Kurt, Kurt Angle was just the the perfect wrestler at uh, the perfect time he got he got over on a an Attitude Era roster that had Stone Cold out of action admittedly but Triple H Chris Jericho The Undertaker is the American Badass Kane and The Rock And Kurt Angle found and Chris Benoit, you know. Mm. Mm. He found his space on the card and just cemented it. Love Kurt Angle. Yeah. We should do an entire episode on Angle sometimes.
1: Well, it starts with a K.
2: He does start with a K.
0: Yeah, let's chat about Kurt Angle next week. Right, let's let's bring let's bring it right right back. Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt. What on earth is this feud? Uh, It's mad. Why is is Randy Orton doing Riddles? It's it's been the most bizarre.
2: Like I came into this wanting to complain about the reason why they didn't have the match last time and go into all that stuff and um, Bray having to lose to Kane instead. But it's just been
0: the weirdest crap. (laughs) Yeah, one Bray... should have just beaten Kane that's number one yeah Bray just should have beaten Kane and two the fuck is this (laughs) it's just bad it doesn't do Randy any favours it doesn't do Bray any favours
1: yeah what is it I don't really understand what the purpose of this is
0: gotta love no, don't
2: don't you really want to see them fight now that Randy has like locked Bray Wyatt in a shipping container and then Bray Wyatt has mysteriously escaped without any indication of how? Doesn't that make you want to see them? You know, hit like a suplex on each other?
1: No, no. I mean, this is a problem. Like Bray Wyatt's character, is he not the idea that he's sort of like a cult leader, right?
0: Yeah, he's he's, he's Charles Manson if Charles Manson wrestled.
1: So, when you're afraid of a cult, you're not scared of the supernatural power. You're scared of their sort of social engineering abilities, right?
2: Yeah. It's probably him mysteriously
1: poof out of a container isn't exactly like...
2: They've been very inconsistent with it constantly.
1: I mean, with a cult, you're supposed to have the the supernatural side of it bubbling away under the surface, right? Mm. It's not...
0: Bray's, Bray's powers... I think this is a problem. Bray's powers were never established to start off with. If they'd have said, and I'm going to tie this into another popular round, Stranger Things. If they'd have said at the start, this is what Bray can do, and this is what Bray can't do, that would have been fine. But what actually happens is, Bray has superpowers when it suits the story, and he can't do... He can't do the same things when it doesn't suit the storyline. It's bollocks. It's
2: like the old thing that I always used to hear with Undertaker and Kane, which like would Kane say, if he can summon fire whenever he wants, which he's shown the ability to do several times, why doesn't he just set his opponent on fire and then win? Like the Undertaker can shoot lightning, why doesn't he make lightning strike his opponent and then win?
1: Maybe they would yeah. that would count as a disqualification. They'd have to accept What that if it was beforehand?
2: like a no DQ
0: match? Or a no holds barred match. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
2: It's... Well like last man standing. There's so many match stipulations where you can't be
0: disqualified. There was literally a no holds barred match between Kane and Bray Wyatt at the last pay per view. Kane has the power of fire. He did not use it. Even though we all know fire isn't super effective against, I don't know, hillbillies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but
1: he seems pretty be as grass type. Tell me what that hillbilly is.
0: Maybe he's grass and poison. <laughs> um, <laughs> it doesn't matter because Bray lost anyway. It was stupid. Yeah. And it also, he
2: fought Kane instead of Randy Orton because Randy Orton was unfit to compete because. He was still recovering from the uh, injuries he suffered at the hands of Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam further underpinning why that was an incredibly stupid decision that I don't understand
0: yeah for, like I don't want to watch Brock Lesnar wrestle anymore I don't it, he he is a like I was saying earlier he is a marquee name that everyone knows but as far as I'm concerned, he's now an unsafe worker. Like, it took the piss a bit earlier with Bret Hart blaming every single injury that's ever happened in the WWE on Rollins. But why would Brock Lesnar's now not interesting to me? Yeah, he's he's a spent force. He's a he's a spent force in terms of. UFC because he failed the performance drugs test. Yep. And he's a... So he's a spent force as a real fighter and now he's not interesting as a fake fighter either.
2: I agree with that with the uh, proviso that I'm allowed to reverse my position the next time Paul Heyman cuts a
0: promo. Heyman and... I'm not going to undersell Heyman here. Heyman can probably make all the inconsistencies work with whatever Brock's doing. And I think he probably can do it because he's a hell of a talker. But I'd say the next time Heyman talks, it's probably going to be one of the hardest talks he's ever had to do. (laughs) Because... Brock is in a really bad position at the minute. And what what is the So I say Heyman's talking of Brock versus Goldberg. Isn't there always going to be the question why isn't the Brock versus AJ? Yeah. Uh, I mean I oh, would I'd love to see Brock versus AJ. That would be cool. <laughs> Alright, uh, what have we not talked about? Heath Slater, Rhino versus the Usos, do we care?
2: I care, I, I've been really enjoying Heath Slater and Rhino, and the Usos are fresh as a heel team. I, I, I want to see them win the belts this time. Um, I don't know what that will mean for Heath Slater and Rhino, but I, I think the Usos will win the belts and that will be for the better.
0: I'm I'm by the same measure I'm enjoying Slater and Rhino. I hope they keep the belts. Because I um I don't care about the usos at all. But, I like the heel turn, I like how that in in becoming more heels they're acting like Roman Reigns. It almost feels uh, like a meta commentary from SmackDown from the SmackDown writers on how, the Raw booking because they always have an extra night to like see what Roman's done and be like, alright Usos copy your cousin My problem exactly. with Heath and
2: Rhino winning though is I need there to be a heel team as champions so that American Alpha
0: can win the belts uh, Yeah but American Alpha are better at chasing the belts than they are at having the belts oh, They're
2: awesome at everything, shut up
0: now American Alpha were amazing when they won the belts, but they were next level good when Dash and Dawson got it back off them. This is what I'm saying.
2: No, that my highlight from them as a, as characters was breaking down in tears when they won.
1: Yeah, that was beautiful.
0: Yeah. They're better at winning the bouts than they are at defending them. So we should save their win for a bigger event. Well,
2: yeah, but they're not winning it at this one, are they? The Usos are winning it at this one. So... American Alpha can win it in the main event of Survivor Series. WrestleMania.
1: Ooh. It's a long wait.
2: That's Yeah, I'm an impatient
0: millennial.
1: (laughs) You want instant gratification.
0: (laughs) I do. No, let's
1: belts change every week
0: (laughs) let's let's favour the strong builds and let's say that this is what I'm going for American Alpha they are the best tag team on Smackdown but they will only get better the more they're denied that belt okay how about
2: this the Usos win at No Mercy American Alpha win it at Survivor Series and then On Smackdown, they're having a celebration in the ring, and the Revival debut, and attack them from behind, and then cheat to win the belts at the next Smackdown pay-per-view, and then you do the chase of American Alpha against the Revival. Okay, I'm I'm all for that. I'm just going to fantasy book it so that I get to see all my awesome tag matches
0: that I want to see. (laughs) But I don't think it's going to happen. Don't do this to me, Jack. (laughs) What I would absolutely love, and the piss that it would boil, is uh, American Alpha chase the tag belts from now through to April. They win the tag belts at WrestleMania. The Revival debut SmackDown after WrestleMania and win the belts off them.
2: And then, what American Alpha win them back again at the next WrestleMania?
0: (laughs) If that, maybe two years, and then maybe make (laughs) uh, maybe make Chad Gable uh, retire after he after he wins the belt. Like, just go full full troll. Lean into it. How
2: after they win them uh, at that WrestleMania in two thousand and nineteen, you then have the following night. Chad Gable turns on Jason Jordan.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: Shall we, um, should we move so, on and talk about Swagger and Corbin then?
0: <laughs> no. Let's move on and talk about Styles, Ambrose, and Cena. Well, saving the pre-show till last. No, the pre-show is pointless. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? All right. It makes no difference who wins that match. One of them's going to face... Kurt Hawkins next. The other one's gonna fight Apollo Crews next. I mean, all around. <laughs> yeah, they could have a fatal four-way. Okay. Or they could be on. They could all be on Team SmackDown at Survivor Series. Nice. Uh, but Styles, Ambrose, and Cena. The SmackDown, like when the draft first happened we were very very negative and said the smackdown main event slot is kind of shallow but i really feel like they're doing the most they can with three guys i mean yeah that's the thing
2: is there's these three and there's Randy Orton and they're using up all the combinations
0: yeah we we it's i feel like we're in a uh Whatever field of maths you can uh, correct me on this, uh, James, if I'm wrong, the field of maths that is we're using the permutations. So we've got four guys, and on this one we're doing the triple threat, and then on the next one, we might, you know, get treated to Cena, Orton. No. And no Cena V Orton. But you know. I, I feel like Smackdown are really making the most out of the fact that they've got four proper names and I'm well up for this triple threat. I think Styles is winning.
2: I think Styles is winning too. I actually now want and I I know that I'm flushing my you know, any cred that I have down the toilet when I say this. I want Cena to win. <laughs>
0: Cena to win would be hilarious.
1: Like,
0: for, obviously AJ should win
2: because he's only held the title for like a month and he deserves a properly good reign with it because he's awesome, he's the best thing about SmackDown. Like, that's not going to change. Is the anybody. best
0: thing about WWE?
2: Yeah. Well, given SmackDown's well, better than Raw, that kind of goes without saying.
0: Yeah. Is the best thing about main roster WWE? Yeah.
2: Like, AJ is awesome. He should obviously win and hold the belt, but I really want Cena to get another reign in the not too distant future. But we spoke last time about the awesome job the Miz did on Talking Smack. Have yeah. you seen Cena's promo on Talking Smack?
0: I haven't. No.
2: It's so good. It's so good. He, it's like maybe close to 10 minutes long. It was the one like as of the time we're recording this, it wasn't the most recent Talking Smack, it was the one before that, Um, he just absolutely destroys Dean Ambrose. And I mean destroys.
0: Wow.
2: Because the previous week, Ambrose had um, gone on Talking Smack, and in in his diatribe about Cena, he'd called Cena a lazy part-timer. And, yeah, Cena tears... Like verbally tears him limb
0: from limb. Wow, that that's. This is again one of my big problems, though. Why are the best promos, being saved for talking smack? Because that's when not they being should be on. Yet. The main show.
2: If they were on the main show, then they'd be scripted, and then they wouldn't be as good.
0: Yeah, it just it seems it seems so mad to me that because I, I'm, I'm all up for Dean Ambrose calling John Cena a part time, I'm up for John Cena ripping Ambrose limb from limb and I'm up for The Miz cutting the best promo he's cut f- in possibly all time but why are they going out on the web show a, a lot like why does Raw get three picks of Smackdown's too? They. Why constrain the product that more people are watching and then put the best content on the stuff that very few people are watching? Like, I check wrestling news websites every day of the week and I've not seen Cena seen on Talking Smack. Admittedly, I was out of the country last week, so I probably missed that. But. I still, like, put it on SmackDown, you idiots.
2: I do agree, but at the same time, I will say, other than NXT, Talking Smack has been my favourite thing about WWE for the past like couple of months. Like, it's only, like, 20, 25 minutes long. It's just Daniel Bryan being smarky with Renee Young there to, for him to bounce off of. And then they get a wrestler on to do kind of like a sort of a semi shoot interview, and a lot of the time they're really awesome. And I feel like if you, you know, had JBL commentating over it, it would lose something.
0: Oh yeah, uh, no, I I completely agree. It it shouldn't be moved into part of SmackDown, but I do feel like if. Guys are talking. Wrestlers talking is just a a a promo. Like you could do it the setup is not important. It's what is said that matters and they could do that without they could do that kind of thing on the TV show that millions of people watch. Admittedly, you know, ever decreasing millions of people. But who know, who am I to say what you should do with your product if you do read, but you know you're getting fewer viewers every week, aren't you?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're very sassy, right? Let's just call it now. Uh, who's winning AJ versus Ambrose versus John Cena?
1: AJ AJ
0: I think it's A.J as well. We're, we're unanimous.
2: So, the tougher question, what do you think will be the SmackDown title match at Survivor Series?
0: Well, I think I'd quite like to see Styles versus Wyatt. Versus Wyatt? Interesting. I'd like Styles versus Wyatt, or, or... I think John, ne- John, can drop off. So I'm doing a, a four-way dance where I'd be happy with any of Stars Wyatt, Ambrose, Orton, or Stars Orton, Ambrose Wyatt. They're they're my boys. Singles matches, no gimmicks. Let's just do it. Fair. What, what's everyone else thinking? Well, is
1: the World Championship. Does it necessarily need to stay on SmackDown? It's just going to be...
2: Yeah, this is the SmackDown title.
1: So the Universal cannot leave Raw and the World Championship cannot leave SmackDown.
2: Short of future crazy shenanigans. Well,
1: this is what I'm thinking. Mm.
2: Well, that was a delightful sound. <laughs>
1: yeah. Because it just seems weird to me that, like, you know, I, I would like it if there was a title which sort of, could swap between them at the big pay per views. Oh
0: but
1: there you go.
0: Like an undisputed champion.
1: Yeah.
2: If they do bring back an undisputed championship, I really hope Jericho wins it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Me too. The two time yeah. undisputed champion. The
2: two time first ever <laughs> undisputed champion.
1: Yep.
0: I hope he wins it and then never defends it. <laughs> <laughs> mm. What's my belt?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Two time and all time. Right. right. Uh, do do we have anything else to say about No Mercy other than the fact that... Bloody hell. Can we just give us a little bit more time between pay-per-views? Podcasting's difficult.
2: Yeah, they, they really, really need to reconsider this... But how many paper views is it that they're going to be doing in 19 or something absurd like that they really need to reconsider it it's, it's already draining and it's
0: okay so No Mercy is this Sunday right yep. Hell in a Cell is at the uh, end of October so we've got three weeks off between that
2: yeah, having had two weeks between Clash of Champions and No Mercy, and two weeks or it was one week, I think wasn't it between Backlash and Clash of Champions?
0: Yeah, there was there was nothing between Backlash and.
1: I mean, this must tape and then... Raw and SmackDown, right?
0: Yeah, then Can Survivor that's... Series comes on November twentieth, so that's three weeks. It's.
1: There's no way that people are going to be like, oh, now I've watched this pay-per-view, I must tune into every Raw between now and the next one. Because you know nothing really big is going to happen until the next pay-per-view, right?
2: Except in the women's division where Sasha Banks is going to win the belt from Charlotte so she can lose it again at the next pay-per-view.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy, this. it's It's overexposure and I also feel like there'd be a lot more to gain from just backing your lads like do a monthly pay-per-view and a half monthly pay-per-view if you've got to or do a big one every other month and then Smackdown one month Raw the next month NXT does fine building feuds on one episode a week and a pay-per-view every three months Uh, Thank you very much for listening to The K-Word, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter please leave us a review on iTunes if you would be so kind Uh, come back next week where we're going to do a very special episode talking about how much we love Kurt Angle, history of Kurt Angle Kurt Angle's best matches just Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle. We love him. I'll try
1: and get him uh, some Kurt Angle comedy from the internet as well, if you
0: want. <laughs> yeah, we're. Oh yeah, Kurt Angle special of mad shite from the internet is exactly what we need Excellent. for the Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle special. Books, like, shoes can you find <laughs> in the next
1: week? I'll take that as a challenge.
0: Yeah, we might even bring in some reactions to uh, No Mercy, but it's mainly going to be Kurt Angle based. Next week, uh, yeah. Thank you very much for listening to the K word. That is all from me, and thank you very much, Keb.
1: No problem. Thank you.
0: And thank you very much, James.
2: He's just a sexy cut.
1: Sexy cut.
2: he <laughs> will make your ankle hurt.
1: <laughs> ankle.
0: Hurt. Fantastic.
1: We should have saved that for next week. All right.
2: (laughs) There'll be a billion Kurt Angle things we can do next week.